Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. The end of a year is typically a time when we're reflecting on life that's gone by, and it has been a crazy year. We're talking with Sheridan Voisey today at SWS Radio. He's a regular contributor on BBC Radio. He's actually checking in from Britain right now. How are you? Hey, Scott. Good to talk to you again. Well, Oxford, you know, as we talk now, it's been pretty wet and miserable, I have to say. But, you know, (laughs) we're looking forward to good and hopeful new things in just a few weeks' time, aren't we? I know. You look at the end of this year, and a lot of times we reflect back and we think about all the things that didn't happen, all the vacations or all the job opportunities or all the family things that you were planning on doing back, you know, with the different holiday season to the new year. And it's just like, wow, a lot of these things didn't happen and probably aren't going to happen for months. And a lot of times when we're reflecting, we forget about the joy that comes in living a life that's grounded in Jesus. We just think about the emotional roller coaster that we've been going on. And in your new book, Sheridan, you talk a lot about joy and kind of breaking that down because it's way different than just a feeling. Yeah. You know what? I reckon 2020 was the test as to how deep our roots went when it comes to joy. Did they go deep enough into that subterranean river that's really, really down there in the substrate, which is the Holy Spirit of God, so that we're getting our joy actually from him rather than just our circumstances? And I think Ephesians 6 is just so important in that regard. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. All of those things that actually we're not to kind of muster them up. We're not to kind of jolly ourselves up and therefore make it ourselves. No, it's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. And way back at the beginning, when everything kind of went a bit crazy in March, I remember being so impacted by that verse. And I wrote this breath prayer of just kind of breathing in each one of those lovely gifts from the Spirit of God. Lord, you know, give me the love. And I breathe out my disappointment and give me the joy, you know. And it was the closest thing, Scott, that I think I've written that's went almost gone viral because <laughs> we needed to focus on those things, right? It's it's not based on circumstances. It's based on God's presence in our lives. Let's talk about that for a second, because if we're at a place where we recognize I don't have that joy that the Bible talks about, or at least I'm not feeling the happiness emotion or the love and the peace that passes all understanding, it's like, I want more of that. I want to find that anchor in joy. You talked about really breathing that in and digging into prayer. Yeah. The first thing I would say is take a nice, slow read through Ephesians 6. And then I would actually suggest going online, just search on the breath prayer and put my name in it and it'll come up for you. It's a gentle kind of prayer exercise in which it just helps you to sit in your room alone without your phone, move away all of the distractions. I can't do it in the, say, in the room that I'm talking to you in now, which is my little office studio. It's surrounded by books, surrounded by computers, surrounded by things that are saying, come and give me attention, Sheridan. I need to go into the little, really simple spare room that we have next door. It's not even renovated. That's nothing special. It's just basically a dining room chair in the corner. And it's my time, my place to just be with God. And then you can say, fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, and your kindness, and your goodness, and your self-control, and take your time. You might even want to prayerfully just spend a minute on each one of those good qualities and just say, Lord, breathe them into me. 
and I breathe out the opposite. So instead of that love that I don't feel like I'm feeling right now, well, then I, I breathe out the discontentment and I breathe out the annoyance that I have with other people right now. <laughs> I confess that to you. I get it out of the system and I don't have the patience right now. So, you know, I confess my drivenness and I want to receive in, in its place your patience. There is a sense in which all of the spiritual life is very much about kind of making space for the Holy Spirit to come and indwell in us. And you think about that through Scripture. Where do we find the Holy Spirit the first place in Scripture? It's in the book of Genesis over the formless and empty void. So there's an emptiness there that he comes to kind of fill. Where do we find him in the next major situation in Scripture? When the temple is dedicated to God and he comes and fills the empty temple, where do we find him in the book of Acts? We find him filling empty disciples who are kind of completely emptied of all of their own self-righteousness and all of their own cleverness. And, you know, they didn't see that Jesus' death and resurrection was coming. And now they're just going, oh, gosh, gosh, we need something. And he comes and fills them. So the Holy Spirit loves to draw towards empty places. And I think that's probably the best thing we can do. Confession gets out that bad stuff to make space for him to come and bring all the good stuff. So your new book, it's called Reflect with Sheridan, and you dig into a lot of amazing stories here. Yeah, so really it's a gift book. It's my first like gift book. It's a lovely hardcover book, and it's got photography on every page. So it's kind of meant to be something that can interrupt the rush and the busyness of our days to give us that pause. You know, everything's just so busy and so rushed, and I'm the first one to put my hand up and say I'm guilty of this. But this is designed just to help us to stop and pause. Can I read you one of the stories? Absolutely. This one is called Perfect Condition, Please Take. You'll find it on page 30 if you want to get it. But look, this is an experience that happened to me with a friend of ours, and it's profoundly changed the way that I view some of the ways that God works in our lives. It goes like this. Ali started visiting our Friday night prayer group during her battle with cancer. She soon became a friend and started praying herself. And what followed was a fascinating experience. Browsing an antiques shop one day, Ali came across a beautiful old Singer-style sewing machine, the manual kind, mounted on a table with a foot pedal. When she saw it, she whispered a very simple prayer. God, I would love something like that for my place. Now, Scripture portrays God as a gift-giving God. He's said to give us food and joy, sunshine and rain, forgiveness when we ask for it. Jesus described God to be like a father and compared his, this father to earthly parents. If we know how to give our children good gifts, even though we're so flawed, how much so does God? Therefore, we can trust him to give us what we need. But there is a big difference, don't you think, between praying for a need and praying for an antique sewing machine? Ali wasn't praying for food or safety or even forgiveness. Her request was a childlike wish to a God she was just becoming acquainted with. I'm not even sure how serious her request was. A couple of days later, Ali was walking out her front door on her way to work when she saw a pile of rubbish by the roadside. She stopped, stunned. There in the rubbish stood an old Singer-style sewing machine, the manual kind, mounted on a table with a foot pedal, and on it hung a sign that said, Perfect Condition, Please Take. Now, there is a mystery to this, of course. Some people pray for more important needs and they don't seem to get their uh, prayers answered. I don't begin to understand why God answers some prayers so clearly and others not. But I do believe each of us gets a moment when the mighty symphony of heaven is heard 
and God reveals himself to us personally. Ali's sewing machine experience was just that. It was her moment. Her moment to discover someone who hears every thought, listens to every prayer, and can often be found in very unexpected places. You know, it's interesting when you think about the prayer of Mary, and you think about what Joseph was praying when the angel appears to him and says, hey, you know, the woman that you're engaged to, she's going to have a baby, and it's not yours, but you should take her as your wife, and just trust me, and this baby is going to save our people. And you're just like, wow. And you just think about this story. It's like, you know, Mary not knowing what's going on. And you know that it's a scary time for a single woman, right? And being pregnant and unmarried as a teenager risks all kinds of disaster. She could have found herself homeless, desperate. I mean, the risk that Mary was taking and the faith that she had in God was something that we can all take note of this Christmas as we're taking inventory of this year that we've walked through. Yeah, it's a great story to reflect on, isn't it? The very response that Mary says when the angel comes to her and gives all of that and says, may it done to me as my Lord has said. (laughs) Profound, profound. With all of those challenges ahead, just as you were saying there. And this is what we're doing here, Scott, is I've given a story, which maybe our listener is starting to reflect on, you know, about the times when maybe God has come in profoundly with an answer to prayer for them. It may only come once or twice a a decade, you know, some of those profound answers to prayer. You've given a story about Mary and what she experienced. And here's the power of both of those stories is that we find ourselves entering into those stories and saying, okay, what would I do in that situation? Who does this reveal God to be for me? What do I need to learn about the nature of God and my response in this moment? This is the power of stories. We enter into those and we grow a result of reflecting on them. We're talking with Sheridan Voicey today at SOS Radio. He's an author, and one of the Christmas songs that we're playing here on SOS this season is by Chris Tomlin. And there's a line in it that says, If I were a wise man, I'd travel far. If I were a shepherd, I'd do my part. But as poor as I am, I'll give my heart. I'll give him my heart. Now, Sheridan, as Christians, often we have this mentality that if our act of service isn't like all grandiose, it's not even really worth doing at all, right? Like sometimes the only thing we have to offer is our our heart. And the sad thing is that a lot of us as Christians, we don't think that that's enough, but it is. It's really all God really ever asks from us. Right. In the book, I actually write a story about an experience that a friend of mine had. And this friend of mine actually has some very difficult health challenges. She's in a wheelchair. She has a very rare a disability where her joints basically let go. So she will overnight, you know, she will have her arm will dislocate from her socket. She has to have a full-time carer, all of that kind of stuff. And the amount of times that she struggles to get to public transport, because as she, you know, rides her electric wheelchair to the bus stop, and then she waits for the bus to come, the amount of times she hasn't been able to get onto the bus because the ramp has been broken. She can't kind of make her way on. And if she is able to get to the train station then, get on the bus, get to the train station, the amount of times she hasn't been able to get to the platform because the lift has been broken. And in the book, I talk about the fact that this is the work of love. We might think that fixing ramps on buses or fixing lifts at train stations is not that important. Shouldn't it be much more that, you know, we should be focusing on evangelism or focusing on mission or focusing on praying? But I tell you what, to people like her, to people like this friend, that is essential work. And so, therefore, we might think that our jobs are really unimportant. 
Fixing lifts, in fact, is actually an act of love. It actually is a profound act of love that serves somebody else. Everything that we do in Jesus' name can be turned into a holy enterprise. Living in the 21st century in America, we've become accustomed to all this instant gratification. And we're talking with Sheridan Voicey. He actually lives in Britain. I imagine it's very similar where you live. And we expect God to play by these rules of giving what we ask for, what we want right now, right? It's like, we want God to work on our behalf. But God's like, hey, you know what? You're not the central figure of the biblical story, Sheridan. <laughs> oh, Scott, really? You're not the center really? of the universe. It's like, I thought hey, I was. What? 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 And if we're going to go into this new year, starting things strong, if we can reset the role that we're, we play in all this, that God's invited us into his story, I think it shifts everything for us because we default where we live thinking, oh, God's a part of my story. I have faith in God. He's a part of my life. But if we can shift that whole focus to, no, 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 I want God to be the center of my life, that's where we get real breakthrough, Sheridan. And what is that story? The story is that right from the beginning, the Almighty One has been purposing to have a people for himself. And he's been kind of fixing to create this amazing world of wonder and beauty and joy and justice. And we had glimpses of that in the first couple of moments of creation. And then Genesis 3 happened, everything kind of went south, everything got disordered, and now we're in the process, he is in the process, and we can kind of join him when he asks us, of rebuilding that. So, you know, what was full of order then went into disorder, and now we've got kind of the recreating of order again. And yeah, I think that there is going to be that time when we uh, find that we are invited into a world that is complete again, and that is a world of radiant beauty and restored harmony and healed wounds and fulfilled longings. I talk about that in the book, those kind of four main ideas as to what that new creation is going to be like of fulfilled longings. We have this longing for God. We have this longing fulfillment and the personal development courses and the self-help books don't fix it. And we have this longing for justice and we can work for that, but it's not going to be fulfilled until the end of days. And we have this hunger for radiant beauty. Well, the new heavens and new earth are going to have that. And you know, all of those things are going to be fulfilled then. And we are part of that story. That story is ongoing and we've been invited into it and to play a part in it, but he's going to finish it. Now, in your new book, Reflect with Sheridan, you talk about how there's this home improvement store near you and there's <laughs> this big green button you can go and hit that button when you need help and someone rushes out to help you. Yeah, it's you know, it trips off this timer. And if the assistant hasn't come to serve you within, I think it's 60 seconds, then you get a discount off your paint. It's in the paint department. <laughs> right? And I love that, right? You bet you love it. We love that fast, snappy, you know, consumer first service. <laughs> you press the button and get me a, an assistant when I want it. But here's the problem is that we also, each one of us, have our moments where we play the assistant who comes rushing around the corner. She's sweaty-faced. She's kind of completely run off her feet. She's had to wrap things up quickly with the last customer to make it to you in time so she doesn't get in trouble for coming to you late and therefore the company loses money on their paint. We play her. We always think that we play the consumer who gets all the good service. Actually, we play her. I play her when I'm checking my emails late at night and I'm checking them early in the morning. My friend who's a lawyer plays her 
when he leaves his phone on all night and has it underneath his pillow so he doesn't miss a call. We play that when we kind of put our children through umpteen programs after school and there's not a spare moment in their lives because we're putting them into every program this way and that because we want the best for them but we're filling their lives up with activity we fill our own lives up with activity with work and with things and actually what we really need to do is to rediscover the value of just sitting and reflecting see what happens with that is we have a dismembered life All we have is life as a series of occurrences, a series of events, a series of things happening to us. And we never actually get to see how all of those bits join up. You know, how all of the the pieces of the puzzle actually make a one big picture, how all the dots connect. And this is the great gift that reflection is to us. What did the Apostle Paul tell to Timothy? Reflect on what I'm saying and the Lord will give you insight. I think that's such a fascinating thing. Timothy could have read the letter that Paul sent to him and then moved on and and started preparing his sermon for Sunday. (laughs) No, Paul says, no, stop. Reflect on what I'm saying, and the Lord will give you insight. So as we reflect on the good gifts of God, gifts of experience, gifts of beauty, gifts of the scripture, gifts of wonderful conversations with godly people, the Lord is there to open our eyes, open our ears, to see and hear wisdom, and to see how our, our lives are making one big piece, one big piece of art, and how our lives fit into that big story we've been talking about. So good. We're talking with Sheridan Voicey today at SWS Radio. His new book, it's called Reflect with Sheridan. And when we started, you talked about an exercise that we could end on where we were talking about praying through where we are when we recognize we don't have the joy that we were hoping for this year. We're reflecting on a year that went by with a lot of unfulfilled expectation and looking forward and Maybe you just don't feel the hope, the joy that you were hoping you would have through the Christmas season. Well, let me lead you then in that little prayer exercise, because it is something that can just help you to reset. So this might take a little time, and let's not rush this, but just play with me on this. Now, if you're in a car, pull over (laughs) for a moment. (laughs) But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a line of Galatians 6. And I'm going to ask you to just pause briefly on it as the Lord then gives you the beauty and the the gifts in that verse, okay? So you might remember that the verse starts off with talking about, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. And so let's just pray. So Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and fill us with all the good gifts that he brings as he fills us afresh today. And so you might want to now say to God, Lord, I receive your love. And why don't you just think about breathing in as you say that? I receive your love, breathe it in. And I release my insecurity, breathe the insecurity out. And I receive your joy, breathe it in. And I release my unhappiness. Breathe that out. I receive your peace. And I release my anxiety. I receive your patience. And I release my impulsiveness. 
I receive your kindness and release my indifference. I receive your goodness and release my ungodliness. I receive your faithfulness and release my disloyalty. I receive your gentleness and release my severity. And I receive your self-control and I release my self-indulgence. Thank you, Lord, for filling me afresh and bringing all those good things into my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's good. Hey, thanks for spending some time with us today, Sheridan. Thanks for calling in all the way from Oxford today and sharing some of your wisdom. (laughs) Always enjoy joining you, Scott. Thanks so much for the time. Well, Sheridan Voicey has a new book. It's called Reflect with Sheridan. Uh, give us your website where we can find some more information. Yeah, SheridanVoisey.com. With a name like that, there's not too many other people around me. So if you Google Sheridan Voisey, you'll probably find it. SheridanVoisey.com. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSRadio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.